0: Awesome. Well, Don did a great job with the last chapter, and one of the things that he talked about, the plan that the Lord has for his family, and it's, of course, one of my favorite chapters because in that chapter, one of the plans that he has for his family is that we're ministers. Did you know that we're all ministers? Okay. Great chapter, and we're ministers to minister to one another. And when we minister to one another, you gotta almost have to be together to minister to one another. So here we are. And as you guys uh, talked, and hugged, shook hands, uh, shared, prayed, all of those things—how uplifting is that? You know, the Lord promised that he would be in our midst, walking among us. And we're going to touch on that tonight. And that's what the Lord has for his people as we come together. It's such a special, such a special thing for us. So, here's his plan. Till we all come to the knowledge of the Son of God, we really get to know Jesus. Not just know about Jesus, but know Jesus, deep down in our heart, we grow up into all things into him to the perfect man. Now, will we ever reach that perfection this side of heaven? No, but that's the direction he has for us, and it's the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus. So the idea is, don't give up till you get there, okay. Because we need to have the fullness of Jesus. And what Paul is saying, and I like this saying, I got it from John Corson, is you know, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is Jesus. Yeah. Okay. When Christ fills our hearts, Don ended with a very practical result be kind to one another tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Beautiful, powerful, miraculous result that happens when Christ is filling our hearts to overflowing. And we're going to talk about that overflowing tonight, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Which brings us to chapter 5. Paul continues the encouragement. Jesus is the main thing. Therefore, be imitators of God, dear dear children. Be imitators of our God. God the Father, God the Son. God the Holy Spirit points to God the Son, saying, encouraging us to follow him. So the word therefore, of course, points back to why we We need to keep Jesus as the main thing. And when we're told to forgive one another as God forgives, and Jesus made it possible for us to forgive because he died for us on the cross, it only makes sense to follow him to be able to do what he's called us to do. And Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And what do they do? They follow me. They put their trust in me. They don't try to live their lives in their own strength. And that's what Paul's talking about. He's our example. Be imitators of him. But it's far more than that. Jesus is not only our example, but he is our source of life and eternal life. And that's the only way that we can be an imitator of him is when we open our hearts to him and we start to become like him from the inside out. Jesus said this in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 19, Because I live, you will live also. Anyone who loves me, verse 23 in the Gospel of John, will obey my teaching because you love me, you trust me. You're following me. My Father will love them. And we will come to them and make our home with them. We'll be comfortable being a part of their life, being a part of their home, being a part of everything that they are. What a beautiful truth that is, isn't it? That God the Father, God the Son... Just look forward to just being at home with us as we go about our day. So, knowing that, we go on with verse 2. Paul is saying, so, you've got all this love that Christ has given you. So now, walk in love. As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. Well, that's an offering to the Lord, a sacrifice to God. It's a a sweet-smelling, like aroma, sacrifice. When, When we love the Lord and we begin to walk in the Lord and walk with Jesus and follow him, it just brings a smile to the Father's face. A college psychology book defined the word love. Are you ready for this? Okay. This is love, according to the university definition. An agitated state of psychological arousal. So, is that real love? So, I'm gazing into my sweetheart's eyes. And and I say, Cheryl, you agitate my psyche. I don't think that works. That's not love. Well, where, where do we find out what love is? Well, we find out from the author of love himself. On the cross, Jesus showed us what true love, real love, is really all about. Love is Christ loved us and gave himself for us. According to Jesus' example, genuine love consists of giving and offering and sacrificing. Amy Carmichael kind of put that together, and I like what she wrote. She says, you can give without loving, but you can never love without giving. So now Paul's going to give a contrast, the other side of the story, the way the world goes about things. So let's take a look at that. Verse 3. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for the saints. So Paul is lumping together the other side of the coin, the way the world lives their life. Fornication, uncleanness, covetousness, Love, God's love, is all about giving. With the world, with lust, it's all about taking and getting. Love lays down its life, his life, her life, and wants God's very best, especially in the area of, like, dating, Uh, wants God's very best for their future spouse, and doesn't Take from them what doesn't belong to them. For a Christian, we're called to love one another. story reminds me of the girl who asked her boyfriend, Do you love me? He said, Well, yes. You know I do. Well, then she asked again, Would you die for me? <laughs> and he thought for a moment and he says well sorry mine is an undying devotion that didn't it didn't go over here's the moral of the story love won't die love that won't die to self-centeredness or selfishness that's not real love paul continues describing what walking in Christ's love looks like, it's not going to enter into filthiness, verse 4, foolish talking, coarse jesting. It's just not fitting for someone who's walking with Christ. You can tell a lot about a person by the things that they laugh at or the jokes that they tell. Crude humor, borderline banter, sexual innuendo. You you turn on a lot of TV shows and that's kind of one laugh after another laugh. But, oh, how it hurts the heart. Paul is saying, no, out of of the heart should overflow a heart of thanksgiving as we go on with verse 4. Rather... Be a person who's overflowing with thanksgiving. Thanks should overflow the Christian's heart, not the crude stuff of this world. So Paul's going to get back to that idea of giving thanks. But first he's got to deal with the things of this world that tug at us and pull us and try to deceive us and try to knock us off the path of following Christ. Verse 5, for this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, or covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. The Greek word for fornicator is pornos. Of course, that's where we get our word for pornography. Here's three Christ-rejecting folks who won't be allowed to bring their lifestyles into heaven. Aren't you glad about that? Oh, talk about people being hurt and abused and used. Their life is is about the flesh, their desires, their will, their wallet. The morals are missing. It's not just a moral problem, though. It's it's a true spiritual problem how do you what do you mean well because paul says they're into idolatry what are you talking about you you look around america you're not going to see hardly anybody bowing to an idol but when you worship sex and you worship the f- the freedom to do whatever you want and nobody's going to tell me what to do and you worship money <clears throat> when you value something supremely, when you make it the, the goal of who you are and what you are and you're, and you're always into that, the, it's the equivalent of bowing to an idol. That's what Paul is saying. And Paul says, Christian, wake up. Don't let the world suck you into any of that kind of lifestyle. Let no one, verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. So, concerning the uncleanliness and the way that the world goes about things, the rejecting lifestyles of the word world, they're using, uh, they dress it up in deceptive, empty words, and they say things like, "Come on, don't be so up." tight, don't be so prudish, oh, don't be so judgmental, don't be so intolerant, Well, you don't be a bigot, don't be so just plain weird. Well, I was thinking about that, and there's a young man that I just really have grown to appreciate. Uh, when the Broncos drafted him, I became a Bronco fan again. Tebow, okay? And he he is a man after God's own heart, but the world has really come down on him, haven't they? One of the things that made the headlines, uh, Tim Tebow and Olivia Culpo split because of his virginity vow. That was the report. Um, Miss Universe apparently, due to his virginity vow, made this statement. She says, I have to break up with him because I just couldn't handle it. She just couldn't deal with the no sex thing. He's, and he's pretty adamant about it. He told the reporter, I'm saving myself for marriage. Don't you love that? What a, what a light in a dark world. So right after that statement in the mag- this magazine article, guess what the world does. The next thing you can click on if you want to, click here to see Olivia's bikini pictures. Are you kidding me? The world just doesn't get it. But Paul says don't let the world deceive you they're going down a path that will ultimately lead to the wrath of god well, what's that all about the wrath of god was created for satan and the demonic angels he didn't he didn't want his his creation that was created in his own image to go there he in fact Jesus says the only way that you will, you will go to hell is over my dead body. You'll have to step over me and the cross of Christ to get there. You'll have to reject me. Uh, the Bible says in Matthew twenty five forty one, everlasting fire was prepared for the devil and his angels. Why was that? Because of the deception, the evil, the pain everywhere satan goes he leaves a trail of hurt and deception and loss of what life is really all about the bible says jesus said of him the thief does not come except to steal kill and destroy and paul's warning is this to the world and especially to christians embracing satan's lies and lifestyle It's extremely hazardous to a person's eternal health. (laughs) Don't go there. Therefore, verse 7, therefore do not be partakers with them. Don't get sucked into it. For you were once, verse 8, you were once darkness. You were once wandering in the dark trying to figure out what would make life worth living but now you are light in the Lord let's stop at that point in that verse notice what Paul said he didn't say you were once just walking in darkness do you see that what did he say you were once darkness you you had no idea you 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 cried out in your heart at least I did And anyone who has probably become a believer in Jesus somewhere deep in their heart they hurt and they cried out isn't there more to life than this and we were darkness but then the light of Christ shined on us when we heard about Jesus' love and now that we're in Christ we don't just walk in the light you see what that verse says it says that we are light So as we're walking with Jesus, wherever we go, the light of Jesus is shining. And as the world gets darker and darker, guess what? The light shines brighter and brighter. Like Tebow. He's just trying to do what's right. And they're going, man, you are so weird. But his light is shining. And so many lives have been touched by his testimony. It's amazing. A change occurs deep within a Christian's heart because Christ himself, God the Holy Spirit, comes in to our lives. We don't just change our environment. We are changed from inside out. We become a new creation in Christ. And the light of God now shines from us. When we moved to uh, Illinois to go for, uh, to back to school, to go to seminary at Ted's, there were fireflies. And the kids and I, we had a, a, a ball chasing the fireflies and catching them and, and, and putting them in a jar and taking them into the dark room and, and seeing how they would light up the... Well, did you know that a Christian is a spiritual... Firefly. Wherever we go, and especially if it's in a dark place, we will shine for Jesus. Makes me think of Bill, <laughs> wherever he went. Yeah, now he's really shining. Oh, he is. Boy. So it's a change that takes place deep within our hearts. And, and Paul says, Now you. You are light. That's who you are. That's who we are. And it's a miraculous thing, for Christ is in us. So Paul urges us. So at the end of verse 8, because that's who you are, so walk as children of light. Make the most of it. Don't don't be afraid to. For the fruit of the Spirit, verse 9, is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And guess what you're going to do? You're going to find out what's truly acceptable, not only to the Lord, but what's really acceptable in life itself, makes life worth living. Because Jesus is in your heart, and because Jesus is the light of the world, you can't help but be, start becoming like him and you start shining and that light that shines in you touches others um, i think of kylie holly the light that you shared with kylie and now here she is she's sharing it with a friend not that something that's just glorious that, that's exciting that just that makes life so worth living, when you see the light of Jesus begin to shine in us and through us and and touch others. And we're finding out what's acceptable and good and what, what brings joy and really what brings true happiness to life itself. So, we all struggle, don't we? The deception of this world can be really strong, the old life. What's one to do? Quick, dial one. 911 to the Lord just as quick as possible. Get him on the line and Lord, you know I struggle with this or I'm I'm being I'm wrestling with that and I'm, a, you know, I, I don't know what my friends will think or what are they going to think at work or what's my neighbor going to think or Lord, help me to be the light that you want me to be. I'm struggling with this. I'm tempted with that. Lord, I don't I don't want to have to deal with it. I, I've learned in your word and you're in my heart and you're speaking to my heart and I, I really am learning that sin just stinks and, and it, it, it never ends up good. And I don't want to go there. I don't want to justify it any longer. I don't, I don't want to excuse it any longer. I choose to walk in the light of you and the power of your spirit. I choose the fruit of your spirit to be in my life. And I want the goodness and the righteousness and the truth that you bring for my life. I choose you, Jesus. Isn't it incredible that we now have the the, the ability just to say, No, I don't want to go that direction anymore, flesh. I choose Jesus. He he sets us free to choose him. Jesus, you're the one who lights up my life. And, Paul goes on, verse 11, have no fellowship. In other words, don't don't find yourself just hanging with, with the hood, the boys, the gals, the people, the works of darkness. Rather, let the light of Jesus in you expose what's going on. For it's shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Verse 12, verse 13. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. The light of Jesus. When the light of Jesus comes into the room, remember you're a spiritual firefly (laughs) and you shine with Christ. It makes whatever's going on, it makes it manifest. It reveals how wrong something is. Years ago, um, when my brother lived in Escondido and we would visit, we would go down shopping in Tijuana because you could get great deals. And I was looking for a pair of hirachi sandals, and they're street vendors they have their sandals in these little huts, and it's kind of dark in there and you and you kind of look and you pick out the the ones you think you want and and uh then you start you know offering you you're not going to buy them for a list price in tijuana and I got this guy he started at fifteen dollars. And I got him down to $3 because I kept walking away. And he, and, and, and he said, fine, fine, you can have them for $3. And so I pulled up my $3. He wrapped up the sandals and he gave me the package. And then I took off and I go, oh, boy, did I get him. And when I got home and opened up the package, there were two left feet Because in the dark, I couldn't see that closely. Boy, did I learn the hard way. Get it out into the sunlight to get a good look at what's really going on. So, too, the light of Jesus. His word and his life in us, it makes clearly known to us what is acceptable, what is good. What will bring joy. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm one nineteen one o five. 105. So Paul says, Therefore, verse 14, he says, Wake up. Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead. You know, don't just walk through this world like a zombie nut. Not... not not really wanting the light of Jesus to be shining in your heart. If you choose to do that, the promise is this, and Christ will give you light. Wake up, Paul says, look what's happening in your lives. Examine things according to the love of Jesus and the word that he has given you. When you spiritually snooze, you lose. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, New Living Translation. It should be our heart's desire to trust in the Lord with all our heart, not depend on our own understanding or the world's way of doing things. Seek his will in all we do. Seek his light. He will show you which path to take because he will shine his light on the path and give you the direction to go. So, verse 15, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Circumspectly. That's not something, a word I use often, so I had to kind of look that up. It suggests the idea of a circle. In other words, (laughs) be careful where you're walking. Take a good look and have the light of the Lord shine in whatever direction you think you want to go and he will give you light. Trust the light that he gives you. Be vigilant. Stay awake at all times. How do you do that? By redeeming the time. Because the day's are evil so we have a difficult and dark time in the world that we live in today redeem today tonight tomorrow by deliberately asking the lord to be a part of wherever you find yourself deliberately asking the lord to be a part of whatever you're thinking about doing deliberately ask the lord to be a part and give you direction on where you think you want to go. I learned that the hard way. There was a time when, um, this was quite a few years ago, supporting uh, my family through appraisal work and planting the church here at Open Gate. And I think it was maybe the second or third year of, of the work here. Um, the the market had just kind of gone way down and the only place I could find appraisal work uh, was through a friend that had moved to the Susanville area and so I went to Susanville every week and and the work that I could find there I could take care of my family and it was a long drive it was about three hours to get there and I'm driving, and I'm moaning, and I'm groaning, and I'm complaining, and I'm getting angry, and I'm going, Lord, this is crazy. I have to drive all this way, and I'm tired, and I get, I wish I was I could prepare the you know the message, and here I am driving, in six hours, and I was just, oh, I was fit to be tied. And I was coming, I remember the the time I was coming down into Susanville and I'm just angry and complaining. And the Lord tapped me on the shoulder and, and he says, A little hard work never hurt anybody. And I just started crying. And I pulled over. And he changed my whole attitude. So from then on, immediately I flipped on K-Love. And I started praising the Lord. And the rest of the way into Susanville, I started praying for some people that came to mind. And then on the way back, I flipped on the radio and I just started singing and praising the Lord and praying for people and thanking the Lord for the provision of the work in Susanville and his blessings on my family and all of those things. And pretty soon the day to go to Lassen County to work in appraisal became my favorite day because I had six hours to spend with the Lord and to praise and to honor and to be filled to overflowing with him. So, you can complain because of the circumstances you're in or what you're going through, or you can redeem the time. And you can, 911, Lord, I need you now. And I thank you that you're with me. And I'm going to use this situation, I'm going to use this time to grow in you and to become more like you. Redeem the time by bringing the Lord into. All that you do, all the time. You know, anything that we don't invite the Lord to be a part of, it ends up being a waste of time. Redeem the time. That's Paul's advice. I like that. Verse 17. Therefore, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So, God's will. You want to know what the will of the Lord is? Two things. First, what it's not, the things of this world. What it is, the fullness of the Lord Jesus Christ filling you to overflowing, to be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine. It's dissipation. It's not going to get you anywhere. But be filled with the Spirit. Forget the distilled spirits. Drink deeply of the dynamic spirit of the living God. I love the section we covered in the Gospel of John out in the amphitheater. I love being out there. It's such a great time. We're able to all be together. What a glorious encouragement that is to to me and I hope to you guys too. On the last great day of the feast Jesus stood and cried out if anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink drink deeply he who believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water to be filled with the spirit we know that it's God's will he's commended us to be filled Uh, First John says, if we know that it's his will, we know and we ask for it, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have what we ask. So how how can I be filled with the Spirit? Well, I believe this is simple as if you're in Oregon, you can drive into a gas station in Oregon and you can just roll down your window and you can say, fill her up. And they run out and they pump the gas for you in Oregon. Lord, I want to be filled with your spirit today. Fill me up. Start your day just asking the Lord to be filled with his spirit. It's his will. It's his desire that that's what we're to do. Every Christian needs to be filled with the spirit every day every moment, everything that we do. Maybe you've been filled with the Spirit yesterday or last week or last year. Not good enough. You need to be filled today. You need to be overflowing with Jesus' love, a river of His love and life today. So way back in verse 4, if you'll remember, Paul brought up the idea We need to be so in love with Christ and so filled with His Spirit that we're just people who are giving thanks, overflowing from our hearts. Now that you're filled with the Spirit, okay, we come to these next verses. Let this really sink in. Overflow, river of living water. Verse 19, speaking to one another in Psalms, and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the lord redeeming the time but especially as we come together there's something that's it's like electric it's it's like there's nothing like it and we'll talk about why that is in a moment but when we come together and we're filled with the spirit and a church family is making Jesus the main thing then we're always we're giving thanks for all things to God the Father and it's in the name of our precious Lord Jesus Christ fear spirit filled worship when we sing with from the fullness of our love for Christ and when we share and and when we see each other, and when the smiles come, and, and as we're allowed, the handshakes and the hugs and all those things, it changes people's lives around you. Christ is among us. I've experienced this excitement at Applegate Christian Fellowship. I, I walked into their foyer, and people were just buzzing. And they were so looking forward to going to church. (laughs) And I go, whoa, I like this. This is like 26 years ago. I like this. They're just expectant that Jesus is there among them. And they can't wait to find out what Jesus has for them. And I started praying, Lord, if you allow me to plant a church, that's what I want. To happen in your church I want this to be so filled with Jesus that Jesus will walk among us and when people walk through the door they sense his presence and they just expect Jesus to speak to their hearts where do you get that idea well, 2 Corinthians six sixteen. For you are, all y'all, you are, we are, the temple of the living God. And as God has said, I will dwell in them. That's what he loves to do. He loves to be invited by his church to be right in the center of everything that's going on. He just loves that. And I will walk among them. See, Jesus is here tonight and he's he's walking around and he's touching hearts and lives. Isn't that awesome? And I will be their God and they shall be my people. And all I have to say is it's so good to be worshiping together tonight. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. We don't want the things